you don't have money, don't think of it as you can't do real estate investing. You just got to figure out a different way to do it. And if it's giving up profit for something, that's fine. I'd rather do deals and give up percentages because I don't have as much money. And you lower your risk in the deals if you don't have a whole lot of money in the deal. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we cut out all the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast with us today to help us keep that momentum going. How you doing, Devin McClish? I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me on here today. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Devin. He is the founder and owner of McClish Properties, which is a company that buys, sells, and rehabs houses in Nashville, Tennessee. He's done over 60 deals in the past few years, and he's currently building 17 houses. His focus is on buy and hold investing while flipping, building, and wholesaling as a source of income to buy those buy and hold properties. With that being said, Devin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, so right now I'm 23 years old. I started when I was 18. Uh, When I was 18, I dove in as a real estate agent while going to college. From there, I met a couple of mentors that one of them still with me today, and they're the ones that kind of pushed me into real estate investing. I didn't really like doing the whole agent thing. I could never really understand why buyers wouldn't buy a house because they didn't like the paint color and they just drove me up a wall. So what I I just decided that the investing side was what I wanted to do. I actually didn't do my first deal until I was 22 years old. Four years later, once I got out of college, I failed time and time again during that entire time, during that four-year span. And I just could never get a deal to stick. You know, stuff would fall apart at the closing table buyers would be backing out on me. I would attribute all that to a lack of focus. I would go from door knocking to handing out flyers to going to meetings and meeting people to sending out mail. But I would never really stick with one thing, and I think that's kind of where my downfall was. And once I stuck with direct mail, that's when I really took off. Okay. Let me make sure I have the timeline right. I think in the bio, I mentioned that you've done 60 deals in the past few years. You're 23 years old. You got your first deal done at 22. So that's last two years. You've done over 60, six, zero deals. That's correct. Yes. Wow. And you're also building 17 houses right now. I'm actually building a few more. I've picked up a couple more since I gave you the bio. Now I'm up to 26 
new construction houses and four renovations. Okay, this isn't an intelligent question, but this is the first question. How? <laughs> <laughs> um, focusing on finding the deal and focusing on going into these knowing that I don't have any money and that I have to get them funded. So that's my best advice to the listeners is just because you don't have money doesn't mean you can't make it happen. Because when I came out of college, I didn't really have any money. But what I did is I focused on finding the deal. And then once I had it, I just made it my life mission to get everything funded. And then from there, I just decided I was going to figure everything else out. But what I wanted to do is just find the deal and then find the money to fund the deal. That's really all I focused on. Okay. Well, let's get into specifics then. Your 26 houses that you're building, how are you financing them? With all of them, most of the time, I go to another investor. I bring the deal to the other investor and I say, this is the deal. This is how much I'm projecting we're going to make. You are going to obtain the bank financing. You're going to carry all of the holding costs and any other soft costs that are involved in the deal. What I'm going to do is I brought the deal. I'm going to run the deal. We're going to use my contractors, my architects, my interior designers, my surveyors, my everything, and I'm going to be the boots on the ground. And at the back end of the deal, I'm going to step in and sell the houses on the back end, and all I need you to do is finance the deal in exchange of doing that, I'll give you, you know, anywhere from 50 to 70% of the deal. Just depends on how good the deal is. Okay. Is there a clause where they get their money back first and then it's a split or is it just a straight flip? That's correct. One of the things that I pride myself on is I pay my investors back first because they're the most important part of the deal. The deal wouldn't happen if I didn't have them funding it. So I want to make sure that they receive all their capital back before anything is dispersed. All right. You've got 26 new construction homes going on right now. How many investors are in those 26 homes? About 10 to 12. Some of them have funded bigger deals. So those 26 homes, most of the time, it's not just one home at a time. Most of the time, it's two to four homes at a time. I've got several deals. My biggest deal is we've got two properties that we're building four houses on each property. Those are uh, well over a million dollar deal and an individual investor funded both of those. But most of the time an investor can only float about two houses at, at a time to the bank. Usually past that point, I have to go find another investor. But at this point, it's between 10 and 12 investors. What is the largest dollar amount an investor has invested in one of your projects? Dollar amount, and I'm going to include the bank financing that he's on the hook for, about $1.8 million. Okay, and what about the cash out of pocket, though, from an investor? How much is the largest? On that deal right there, he's got 350000 in the deal. Okay, 350000 And what's the smallest amount that you've partnered with someone on? $20,000, and that's because I got the owner to carry the financing and the owner subordinated his loan to the construction loan. So all the bank required us to do was carry the holding costs. Okay. They didn't ask for any down. All right. And you said you got 10 to 12 investors. Is that in total for those 26 homes, or do you have investors for your other deals that they're partnering with you? No, those 10 to 12 are for 
just my new construction. For my rental side, I only have one. I don't really partner with people on the rental side. New construction and renovations, that's kind of like dating somebody. But whenever you, you know, buy a rental with somebody, you're kind of married to that. So I'm very, very particular with who I partner with on the rental side. I also have partners in my marketing, and I have different partners in my renovations. I mean, it really just depends on an investor-to-investor basis and what their goals are and what my goals are. And if they align, then that's when we get together. Let's dig into the investors and how you know them, because I talk to people all the time who are twice your age and then some, and they say that they don't know where they're going to get investors to invest in their deals. You're 23 years old. Where did you meet these 12 investors for these projects? Well, when I first started, it was my local Rio group, which I would advise everyone to go to if they've got one in, in their area. I mean, those are people who most of them have never done a deal or they've only done a few deals. But the thing about those people is they have money. That's why they're there. Most of the time, I would say about 60 to 70% of the room probably has over a hundred grand in their pocket that they can throw at you right now. And all you have to do is bring them a deal and just have the courage to walk up to them and say, hi, my name's Devin. How would you like to earn this 40% cash on cash return on this deal? You know, most of the times someone's going to listen to you. So that's kind of where I started was at my local real groups. Bigger Pockets has been another great source for me to find investors locally. I would suggest that people start with local investors first before they go out with out-of-state investors. It gets a little more complicated, and it gets a little harder to know those people. You need to sit down with these people and interview them as much as they're going to interview you. Is that your approach with the local RIA? You go up to someone and say, hi, my name's Devin. How would you like to earn whatever percent cash on cash return on this deal? Yeah. I just walk up to them and say, hi, my name is Devin. I noticed that you said at the beginning of the meeting that you're a cash buyer. Well, I have a deal and I'm not interested in selling it to you, but I'm interested in partnering on the deal, especially when I first got started because I didn't really want to wholesale a bunch of stuff. Even though the wholesale opportunity was there, my biggest intention was to learn. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to get with somebody who had money, who's done this before, and say, hey, I've got this deal. These are the numbers. This is the percentage that I'm looking for. Does that deal sound good to you? And if so, let's go talk about it more. And if they weren't interested or I didn't like what they had to say, then you're not obligated to have them invest in your deal. The person who invested the largest amount, 350000 how did you meet him? That's actually my mentor. That's kind of funny how I met him. When I was first getting started, I just went on Google and I typed in top real estate investors in Nashville. (laughs) And out of the first 50 that came up, I sent him all emails because all I was concerned about was learning, learning how to do this. And he was the only one that responded. And we sat down at coffee and this guy drives up in a really nice car, just offers free advice to me. who I didn't even know how to find a deal or how to evaluate a deal at the time. And he just offered his services that if I brought him the deal, he would analyze it for me and tell me if it's a good deal or not. That was when I was probably 19. So I just, over the couple of years that I was trying to get started in this, he would tell me most of the time he told me stuff wasn't a deal and then i finally brought him something he's like yeah this is the deal and so he invested in it 
I made him a, a good amount of money, and then we did it again and again, and then eventually he just was warmed up to the idea of doing this really big deal with me, and it has huge potential upside. And so on a deal that size, you, you know, it's probably best that you have a good relationship with somebody that you've done a, a couple of deals with. And I think that's why he was able to pull the trigger on that investment because he knew me. I've never lost his money before. I've always made him money. So I had a good track record with him. The person who's invested the second most money in your deals, how'd you meet that person? I actually met him on Bigger Pockets. Every time that I get on there and I see a new member shows up, hey, my name is so-and-so, I'm new in real estate investing in Nashville, I always send a message, hey, let's go sit down. I would like to get to know you. I sat down with this guy, I found out he had a very good W-2 paying job, and I just asked him, I said, you know, new construction is what I'm focusing on. If I brought you a good enough deal, would you take a look at it? He said, yes. Well, a couple of weeks later, I found a deal, I brought it to him, I said, hey, you know, we talked about this, this is the deal, these are the numbers. Would you be interested in investing with us? We've got 17 days to close, so we can't do any financing. I know you said you had money, so we have to cash for a lot. He agreed to the deal. And how much out of pocket was it? He is all in on the deal at 200 grand. And what type of deal is it? That's a new construction. So most of the time, what we do is we tear one house down, we rebuild two in its place. This type of deal, we paid. 170 for the lot we paid cash the holding cost ended up being about 30 grand when it was all said and done and we sold the houses at 410 apiece the whole deal itself made six figures and i gave him 70 percent of the profit hmm. that's an interesting model you tear down one house and you rebuild two what do you have to do from a permitting standpoint to make that happen it's just a loophole in the zoning just a higher density zoning where you can take one single family down and rebuild it's basically it's a glorified duplex is what it is it's two houses that share a lot and have limited common elements and private elements with each other they only have to pay like a 35 dollar fee to the city every two years to renew the hpr is what it's called the horizontal property regime but the city opened it up back in, I believe it was 2009, to get higher density zoning inside the city and the urban core because of the infrastructure problems. And so investors have exploited that. Where'd you get that idea? I was just driving around. I was seeing what was going on. I didn't really understand how somebody was able to tear down one and build up two. And again, at a local RIA meeting, I met this builder and he said that he was doing about 10 houses at the time. And I was like... I want to sit down with you and, and learn how to build houses because I don't understand what's going on here in Nashville. And he sat down with me for about an hour and a half, and I just asked him all these questions about what can you do, what can't you do. And on top of that, I also went down to zoning, planning, and the stormwater departments, and I just sat down there and I just asked him questions, as many as they would let me ask. And that's how I kind of got a base knowledge about what you could do with a lot whenever you buy it. When you approach these real estate investors who are already at the top of their game or performing at a higher level than you are, how do you ask, can we meet up and can I learn from you? I just ask them to sit down. And then once I get in front of them, I mean, you've got to add value to these people. Otherwise, they aren't going to stay around. People come up to me all the time. How do I find a mentor? How do I learn from somebody? Well, you got to add value to them. So sit down with them. Try to help their business. Don't help yourself. I just go up and ask them. I just say, you know, what are you looking for? 
you said you're a buyer. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a new construction? They say yes, and I say, all right, I'm going to go find you a lot. And then whenever you find a lot, go approach them with it. Just because they're a buyer doesn't mean they won't partner with you. If you want to just wholesale it to them, that's fine. Or what I would advise is just take a finder's fee on something like that and say, I'll give you the lot for a finder's fee. However, you're going to let me shadow you through the entire process. And how much is a finder's fee? I wouldn't take anything less than $3,500. you got to pay yourself. I mean, they understand that. Don't sell yourself short. Don't say, I'll take a grand as a bird dog fee. I would take at least $3,500. Devin, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Don't use your own money. Whether it comes to marketing, rehabs, new construction, I've got four partners in my marketing right now. I send out 6,000 letters a month. Only a 1,000 of those are out of my own pocket. Everyone else pays for the other 5,000, and we just split whatever we get off the list. Off of rehabs, same thing. Get bank financing, have someone cover the down payment, partner with them on that. Use private investing. Again, on the new construction, you can do exactly what I'm talking about. I'm building 26 houses. Only one of them I have my own money in. Especially having money is great, but if you don't have money, don't think of it as you can't do real estate investing. You just got to figure out a different way to do it. And if it's giving up profit for something, that's fine. I'd rather do deals and give up percentages because I don't have as much money. And you lower your risk in the deals if you don't have a whole lot of money in the deal. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Go for it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you looking for a hard money loan or do you have a mortgage note that you want to sell? Then email David at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com. If you recognize this company, well, that's because David was a best ever guest on the show is episode 122, David Campbell, and you can email him at david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you're looking for a hard money loan or if you have a mortgage note to sell. Best ever book you've read? I would have to go with The Intelligent Investor by Ben Graham. He goes through the fundamentals of investing. It focuses mainly on stocks. However, there's great advice in there about who an investor is and who a speculator is. I think that's very, very important for active and passive real estate investors. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Don't trust contractors. <laughs> On my very first rehab, I got rings by one for about $15,000. Not only did he get me for fifteen grand, but he took too long and the market shifted on me a little bit and I lost about thirty grand in value. I still made money on the deal, but it was just a contractor I met. I didn't vet him at all. I mean, please do your research on contractors. Best ever deal you've done? Right now, I would say that it's the one where the guys put in 350 grand of his own money. I got the lot for 50 cents on the dollar. I bought it for 480. I had an offer to sell it for 900 and I turned it down. And this is why we're building four units. I'm gonna live in one unit and I'm gonna keep the other ones and rent it out. And I'm just gonna hop every two years to collect the tax free gain, as opposed to taking the massive tax hit right off the top. Best ever way you like to give back? speaking, doing stuff like this. I've spoken at my local Rio's. If somebody asks me to sit down for coffee, I go and help them out. Um, I just try to help out other young investors because I know that if I do that, then it'll come back to me. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? I would have to say not putting something in writing. 
I did that twice in my life. I got burned both times. Once was with the contractor, once was with the partner, because I didn't put it in writing in my state, it doesn't exist. And I had no grounds to sue or I had no repercussions. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. You can see everything that we're doing, all the new construction, everything. If you send me a message on Facebook, I'll be able to get back to you. Cool. Well, Devin, this has been a motivating and inspirational conversation. You're 23 years old. You've done 60 deals in the past two years. You've got 26 houses that are being built right now. You're bringing in private money. The largest private money investor has put in $350,000. Second largest was $200,000. So over half a million right there from two of them. You're finding those investors from one, your local RIA, and then two, bigger pockets. You're shattering all sorts of preconceived notions and things I practice, which is you're going about it a completely different way than I go about it. But we're both bringing in investors and having partnering on deals. I would never go to Aria and say, hi, my name's Joe. How would you like to earn X on cash on cash return? But you're doing it and it's working. So it makes me second guess, not my approach, but it opens up my eyes to how different approaches can work in different settings. My thought process is that local RIAs aren't the best place to bring in investors because they want to be on the general partnership. However, I guess with yours, they are partners with you. So it does fill that need with them. Whereas mine, they're passive. I guess there is that distinction. But man, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Are you looking for a hard money loan or do you have a mortgage note that you want to sell? Then email David at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you recognize this company. Well, that's because David was a best ever guest on the show is episode 122, David Campbell. And you can email him at david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you're looking for a hard money loan or if you have a mortgage note to sell.